0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Mad Hat Economics. My name is Jackie Stein. Today, I am here with Professor David Just. Hello. And we have Ross Schulman, a former student and entrepreneur with us. Hi. (laughs) And Liz Bell, who is a master's student here at the Cornell Applied Economics and Management. Hi. Today, we are going to be talking about behavior modification and tiny habits by Professor B.J. Fogg of Stanford University. Um, So everybody's familiar with, you know, that weight loss struggle. It's January 1st. We're headed back to the gym. We're confident. We're going to lose the weight. It's going to be summer, and we're going to have the perfect bikini body. I can definitely say I have had that thought in my mind every January 1st. So the gym is packed, everyone's excited, they're motivated, they're on the treadmill going 3.5, and, 3.5. That's not all that
1: fast. Okay, we're we're going to incline. We're doing
0: the the stairs, stadium stairs, if you're at a university, okay, (laughs) going up slope. And here at Cornell, we're definitely doing that. Um, So we're all confident, we're excited, and we're motivated, and then comes the self-defeat. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> make it to the bikini. Thank goodness, one pieces are now in style. So,
1: um, so it didn't work out. And 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 from what I understand, it's something like ninety five percent of people who make an attempt to diet end up failing and you end up calling it quits before they reach their goal and and say, that's it, I can't do it. Right? That's true. That's that's. A pretty bad record.
0: It's, it's terrible. 30, 30, 30. It's almost 100. <laughs> it's almost,
1: a, almost enough that you, you, maybe it's just not worth it to try, right? Right.
0: <laughs> and especially putting yourself through that, the up and down emotional failure, the, you know, having to tell people I'm on a diet and then, okay, I'm starting next week. Uh, <laughs> that's always the, it's always the case. So Is there something BJ Fogg can help us with? You know, is there a way that behavioral economics, like, help us out, please, you know, make our our diets smoother and our our bellies flatter. So Ross, yeah, you've had some experience with this.
2: Yeah, I think so. So I think it could help. So Dr. Fogg's um, Tiny Habits program is all about forming um, new habits for yourself that a positive habit. So it's about um, not about, like, stopping smoking, but instead starting to do something else, a positive thing. Um, and he um, has used it on himself, and he's done research about it, and he's developed this program. And the crux of the program is these three things. So you, um, the your new tiny habit, it should be at least once per day, it should take less than 30 seconds to do, and it should require... Little effort. It's all about simplicity because, according to Dr. Fogg, simplicity changes behavior, and it also makes you rely less on intrinsic motivation. I,
1: I think that's actually really key, right? Because it, where a lot of diets and other sorts of attempts to, sort of, you know, to, to quit smoking or do other things like that, where it falls down, is that it requires you to be motivated a hundred percent of the time, right? Um, if, if you, if you have a weakness at, at some point in time, you go off the diet or you pick up your cigarette or whatever it might be. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't have that motivation a hundred percent of the time. You know, you know, there's going to be some time when you're tempted and you're going to give in.
2: Yeah. In fact, I think that the program is all about making these habits automatic or right? making them into real habits. So the program, it's very simple. So, um, you sort of think of something you want to do in your life. So his example is always flossing. And um, what you do is you develop an anchor for this new habit. So if I want to start flossing, an appropriate anchor would be brushing my teeth. And he recommends um, anchors that come before the new action. So the anchor could be, after I brush my teeth, I will floss one tooth. So it's a tiny habit. Um, and he's found that if you say, after I brush my teeth, I will floss all my teeth, you'll be less successful. Um, so you you choose an anchor, you do the habit. And then another really important part, the third part of the tiny habits program is to declare victory, whether it's saying, yes, I did it or like doing a fist pump or congratulating yourself. It has to be all those three things. That's or that's what he's found is most successful. So you say you've, um, you determine the anchor after I brush my teeth. I will floss two or one tooth. Um, and then you declare victory. And yes, at the end, you uh, he says you will find yourself flossing all your teeth. So obviously <laughs> the tiny habits do become bigger and that is the goal. So,
1: so you don't stay tiny. You, you
2: right. grow so, them? Yeah. So um, apparently from his own, from um, him creating new habits for himself and for other people, they find that these tiny habits... Um, they're easy. So people do them and then they actually develop sort of into the, the, um, complete habit, let's say.
1: So, so it sounds like there are really sort of two big sort of behavioral keys behind this. And and one is that we have this tendency to just be too aggressive to bite off more than we can chew. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other being, we rely too much on our own internal motivation and, and it's not going to, you know, it's not going to last. We, we need to find some way to grow that internal motivation over time uh, rather than, than try and, you know, rely entirely on doing the heavy lifting right up front.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like Jackie said, I think on January 1st, people say they want to lose weight. So they do have that motivation at that moment. So they, they're able to identify the habits that they want to form, but then they just don't keep up with them.
1: Very good. So, I, I, I like this idea. I, I, there are a whole bunch of uh, of you know I found in my own research. If if you want to replace that that you know you, you know so you don't rely just on your own motivation to do something, but but make it easier, you could have a lot more success, right? So if you want to increase the fruit in your diet, making fruit really visible, making it the first thing you see when you walk in the house, it's going to trigger you to eat fruit much more often than you would if if you sort of left it off in the corner
2: yeah and along the same lines dr fogg is definitely about um one of the things that he talks about in the program is making your new habit very easy to do so um he wanted to um, practice the guitar so his habit was after i put my plate in the dishwasher after dinner i will play to. um chords on my guitar and he left the guitar in the dining room just just like you said with the fruit so the like I guess putting the fruit perhaps that is enough of putting the fruit on the table maybe that is enough of a primer but then maybe the person goes into their bedroom and never and never and stops thinking about it so you can put the fruit on the table to make it to make the habit easy and and um, to make it even easier and then also add a tiny habit saying after I finish dinner, I will eat a piece of fruit. And then the fruit's right there. You don't even have to go into the fridge to get it. Yeah, it,
1: it, it reminds me a bit of a, a faculty member I know who's had a years-long habit now. where He, he wanted to decrease his snacking, right? <laughs> and, and his simple way of trying to decrease this was essentially he promised himself that anytime he had a snack, he would start out by eating some fruit. And by doing that... It made it so, first off, if he couldn't find fruit right away, he wasn't going to snack. And second off, usually by the time he finished the fruit, he really didn't need a snack beyond <laughs> that. So it it, it was it seemed to be really effective. And it was something, it was easy for him to sort of keep that going.
0: That seems like a lot kinder way to do to go about <laughs> forming a habit than rejecting yourself of the treat. Because I know for me personally, I just won't allow myself to buy snacks at the grocery store and I just deprive myself. So when I do end up buying those snacks and I want to get one, I I end up eating, you know, the whole box or, you know, the whole bag of chips. It's like, oh, wow, I finally get to have it. But I think replacing it and making yourself fuller with better foods is like a physical way to tell yourself, okay, I don't need... All of this.
1: This is interesting because it goes along a bit with some of the research that was done by by some of the folks out out in uh, Colorado and Boulder. Um, they have a registry of people who have successfully lost weight and kept it off, right? And what they find is those people still eat the ice cream, <laughs> right? They're not eating tons of it, but they're still mm-hmm. eating it, right? Mm-hmm. I, and it it says something that you know they were able to shift their behavior without being draconian in ways that, that might be self-defeating down the, ro- the road, right? Eating ice cream after dinner, not saying, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead
0: and have open my pine up right before the meal, <laughs> have a few bites, and then disregard the meal. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right.
0: So, yeah, there are a few different things that in economics have... Um, encouraged, you know, we've studied for behavioral modification, specifically in behavioral economics. We've talked about uh, grouping activities. So what, and I've done this in my life. When I go to the gym, I like to watch Netflix. It's, I go on the elliptical and I put on Breaking Bad (laughs) and I forget that I'm working out. I'm just watching an episode of Breaking Bad. So.
1: So so the Breaking Bad motivates you to, to run or do whatever it is you're doing because you, you, it leaves the cliffhanger, right? So you're looking forward to it and, and you, you now look forward to running because you're looking forward to breaking back. Exactly. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that sometimes works. And I, I know some of my friends, when they, they do their laundry, they'll open a glass of wine or a bottle of wine and have a glass <laughs> or they'll, they'll do something like mundane, but they'll like, you know, make it nice and fun. <laughs> Very good. Any very experience good. in your work with, with doing that? <laughs>
1: well, so, you know, we have found that uh, by creating sort of rewards that are, are small and happen somewhat randomly, uh, you can get people to change their behavior a lot a lot more easily than, than mm-hmm. you know, if you simply talk to them about the benefits or if you, you know, e- even if you give them a steady reward. Every time. So with kids, you, you give them like a, a bracelet every now and again if uh, if they eat their fruits and veggies, right? The fact that they're going to get it now and again, that it's random, you know, it's not every time, It's it actually ends up being much more effective for the amount of reward you're giving in terms of getting them to, to start eating better. Is that something you could apply to yourself? Well, it's hard to apply a random reward to yourself, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause you tend to know what you're thinking.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but with the tiny habits, we can um the whole um cheering ourselves on and um yep. the positive affirmation of completing the task, that's kind of a, a reward in itself, kind of a self pat on the back or <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, I did it. <laughs>
0: or did you feel like that was did you feel happier after you did the habit? Do you feel did you feel encouraged?
2: Yeah, I would say that I did feel encouraged, and I realized that it is um, – it's definitely – I think it's a good method for forming new habits. So B.J. Fogg, is he literally says that you can learn how to form habits just like you can learn how to play an instrument or learn how to drive. Like, it's something you can learn how to do. So he thinks that his, like, his um, habit formation method is something that you can learn and then execute.
0: But did you actually feel, like, a little bit happier after that incident? Did it make the activity in itself –
2: more pleasurable? I would say, I don't think so. And I also think that he, he sort of knows that and that's why he doesn't want people to have to rely on motivation. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I, I can see some people, uh, you know, listening to this, thinking about making changes in their own life in some way and, small habit sounds intriguing but <laughs> perhaps the self-affirmation sounds a little pokey right it's a little ridiculous, he, he acknowledges man. that <laughs> he acknowledges
2: that it's ridiculous and he says that you should do it and it is extremely important for it to work okay
1: okay
0: so about how long did it take you before these habits started becoming really automatic
2: i would say you know to be honest i don't I I was very into this for a few weeks and then I got super busy and it wasn't until Jackie invited me to be on this show that I started looking into it again and now I probably will try to do it again. But I do know (laughs) that (laughs) I was surprised at... So they recommend picking three habits to do in the first week. That's also another thing that they're... um, The idea that you can only focus on or practice or learn one new habit at a time is a myth. So they have you... They have you pick three new habits to practice in your first week. And I was amazed at how easy it was, how like easy a time I had at remembering. The anchors really did work. Um, like one of mine was after I turn off my alarm, I will do two push-ups. And every morning, even though I, I woke up still half asleep, when I pushed my alarm, I remembered to do two push-ups. Um, also they do he does have you he does tell you that um when you pick your new habits you should actually just practice them like 6 to 8 times in a row to um, to sort of prime yourself that way you remember like that way when your alarm goes off that first morning you've already practiced it and you have the routine yeah,
0: that's good advice so did you set your alarm like 6 to 8 times right after you signed up and you just got in bed and then pretended to wake
2: up. Or- <laughs> I didn't do that for the alarm one. Maybe I pressed it and then did the push-ups. Um, in fact, I I would say that if I did the program again, I would probably try to be to keep um, to like follow it more rigorously. I don't know if I practiced. Like I didn't practice that one six to eight times. Um, in fact, I don't know if I really practiced any of them. I just sort of st- I was just I just thought that I could start from nothing without practicing, but I probably should have. And I think next time I will. And maybe that'll help me in keeping up with it. Because sometimes, some days I did forget. And he says that that happens at the beginning. So you can try to like leave post-its and stuff. But he actually doesn't like those reminders. He really wants them to be ingrained. Just
1: a natural reaction. Yeah. You develop to whatever the, the stimulus yeah. is. And oh. I guess
2: like, they're easy enough. That's why the pra- he thinks the practicing it is enough. Practicing it with the um, self-reward or... Um, saying, yes, I did it.
0: Do you think anything else would have helped you keep those habits up, like telling other people about it or um, writing in a journal and being like, "I'm proud of myself, I did this many push-ups today?
2: Um, I'm not sure. He, BJ Fogg, he doesn't talk about any of... He doesn't talk about, like, this phenomenon of telling other people you're doing something and then you'll actually do it. Um, He thinks that... or his program doesn't involve that. It really is just um, decide the new habit, pick an appropriate anchor, make it easy, practice it, and then go. And that usually works.
0: Does the program offer any kind of commitment mechanism? Like, do you check yeah, in? Yeah, it
2: actually does. So it's really cool. It's a free program um, that anyone can sign up for. Just Google BJ Fogg Tiny Habits, and you'll find it. And in the first, the first week that you do it, um, what they do is they email you every day and, um, they just ask you, did you do your tiny habits today? And then that's all you had to do was respond. So like you had to, like you had to respond, yes, yes, yes. Or like, yes, no, yes. And that was it. So they had you do that for five days and then they sort of set you off. So there's some
1: sort of reporting right up Up front, Yeah, that's interesting. So there is a a pretty good amount of research out there talking about how, how finding ways to commit yourself, even if it's, it's not a hard commitment, right? So if you, if you decide, you know, early in the morning, I'm going to eat, you know, spinach salad for lunch you're much more likely to actually go ahead and eat that spinach salad and to not do other things, right?
2: Yeah, in fact, now that I think about it, so every night they would email me and say, did you do your three tiny habits? And then the next quest- the only other question in the email would be, are you going to do them tomorrow? Are you, okay, very good. <laughs> and so I you would say that yes. You do <laughs> and, and just
1: having that, I mean, so people like being able to commit themselves to things, right, to, to avoiding temptation in the future, right? So if, if you have the smoker who who wants to quit, they would love to be able to, you know, somehow just ensure their world would not have cigarettes in it in the next whatever many days. Right. But that's usually not available. Hmm. And, and this sort of self-commitment, right, actually can create a barrier. So, so telling yourself, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this small thing tomorrow makes you much more likely to do it um, just for having asked yourself the question.
2: Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I haven't looked into any of the research, but I do assume uh, what Dr. Fogg does, uh, he's a professor of psychology at Stanford, and I assume that he's developed this program through a combination of research and trial and error with himself and with uh, participants in the program. So I think every part of it has probably been trialed, and they figured out the most successful way of doing it.
0: Okay. So I think what we should talk about now is what do you do when you are tempted to cheat on these these habits that you've committed yourself to, and why why does that happen?
1: Yeah, so you, you know we we talked earlier. Eventually, you're gonna start facing temptation about this new habit to to break it to to stop. How do you keep the motivation up, and what do you do when you when you have that temptation to break it?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think it it depends on sort of what the habit is, because it's also about forming positive habits instead of stopping negative ones so it's not uh, a tiny habit wouldn't be like i'm not going to eat ice cream yeah um but nonetheless i mean i can think of a positive habit such as flossing and there's definitely i mean i floss almost every night but some nights i'm just too tired Mm -hmm. and i just want to go to bed so i just brush my teeth and go to bed
0: do you floss every tooth or just one every (laughs) tooth
2: i actually didn't need that as a tiny habit i already had that as a good habit so, but yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, yeah. I think that people definitely. I personally am like, oh, I'm too busy and whatever. I'm just I just need to go. Like, because what if your tiny habit is doing um, two push? Well, I don't know. Because I was about to say, what if your tiny habit is doing two push-ups um, after you eat breakfast and you have to rush out the door? But then again, it is a tiny habit. It's just two push-ups. So you can always make time for two push-ups, right? You you can.
1: But I still think there are going to be those times where you just think to yourself, eh, not today. And then what do you do?
2: <laughs> much. You I, know, I'll have to, I think I have to go through the program again and then get back to you guys. <laughs> well, I, it really I, seems like automatic. Yeah I, yeah.
0: I can speculate and I think he, be, he may be for forgiving yourself, you know, saying it's okay. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll try it again if I have more time or um, maybe looking into, okay, why was I rushing? So maybe that'll help you get that stressful part of out of your life. So, oh, I it was rushing, but I didn't get to do my tiny habits. So maybe I can, you know, set my alarm a little earlier or do something to mitigate that stress. Um, and I also think that uh, tiny habits is all about making it knee-jerk, so an instant yeah. reaction, so that you, even though you're in these hot, cold phases, um, you know, hot being when you're in a rush, you're in a hurry, and um, you're not thinking about your future self like you would originally like yourself to think about, and cold being like, okay, I want to do my routine and my habits. I think um, that tiny habits that may be helping you throughout your day and pushing you along to do certain things and have a certain routine. Would you agree? How do you feel about that, Dr. No, Jones?
1: I, I, so I think that... I think that makes sense i mean I, from from everything i know of of getting people to change the way they behave you know that the best is to get into a point where you're not thinking about it right and if you are thinking about it then 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 you're going to run into those problems so uh, how do you get to that point well if, if you are going to face that temptation and you are at some point in time getting past that that is going to be really important and and so I didn't do it this morning. I, my alarm went off and I was just too tired and it didn't happen, right? So tomorrow I set my alarm and I, I recommit myself, right? And perhaps, you know, they, they, it sounds like they stopped tracking you after a few days. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. perhaps finding ways to ask yourself that question every day to renew your own efforts. Yeah, right? that's a great idea. <laughs>
0: I think that's where nudging could come in as a really helpful factor, having it making the habit easier for you. So with the fruit on the table, that's already an easy thing to do. It takes less effort. Or something I did was when I would diet, I would prepare my lunches and put them all together. And then it actually made my day run smoother because I had my lunch and I could eat when I was hungry no matter where I was. And... It yep. made making that healthy decision easier. Or um, in the morning when you're doing those push-ups, you could maybe have like a happy song to go along with mm-hmm. it. Or like maybe your favorite wake-up song. I know for mine, it was embarrassingly Hungry by the Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, which is really random. But uh, yeah, that kind of got me motivated and pumped up in the morning. So, some Very of the good. Mix Fun- between grouping and nudging and... Might be able to lead yourself on a good habit formation path.
1: Keep keeping the external motivation. Yes, I like it. (laughs) I like it. Very good. Well, thank you very much for being here, and uh, thanks for listening.
0: Thank you. Thank you. See you next time on Mad Hat Economics.